You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Next week. Dear God. Um, This guy's a Swifty. You're a Swifty, Thomas? Totally a Swifty. (laughs) Much to his wife's dismay. This is this is the proper way of starting a Beyond the Bike. Oh my goodness! Radio <laughs> show talking about out. Swift, Taylor Swift. Oh man! What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. I'm your host, Big Lou, and tonight we have Thomas and Amy Rombacher. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. What's Thank up, Thank you for Lou? having us. And uh, we have a good beer lineup. Uh, obviously, shout out to Sitzman Team Brewing Company. We have uh, some. Uh, Alvarado Street Brewing Company. We have Cold Press, Halftime Treats, uh, Offshoot Beer Company, Relax, some of the hazy stuff, and Pizza Port. I was down there for a meeting, and I stopped by Pizza Port, and I got some of their limited release Pickleweed, Pickleweed Point India Pale Pale Ale. So what do you guys, Thomas, let's let's start with you, man. What are you all about? Where were you born? And let's move up from there. I'm a Midwestern guy living in California, like a okay. lot of us, transplants, and um, started doing school, doing some education, getting into medicine, uh, did some residency at the Cleveland Clinic, which linked out here to uh, Orange County, Okay, and um, they put me up for, I believe my pay was 18 k a year, and I'm some- somehow supposed to live in Orange County on that, which is very difficult, so... You can always live in your van. <laughs> For reals. <laughs> at, at that time, I didn't have a van. Yeah. I only had an Oldsmobile. So okay, I but a, hey, those were big cars back in the day. I could have slept in the back. What was it like? A Cutlass, a four four two? What what kind Cutlass, of Oldsmobile? Cutlass Supreme. Cutlass Supreme, the, the gangster ones, like the like a eighty nine or what, what year was it? Um, eighty eight. Eighty. Okay, so it was like like a lowrider type. That yeah, was kind of nice, right? Yeah. I mean, you could put hydraulics on that right. thing and like bump it, right? Put some six months in the back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so because I couldn't do anything in Southern California. I'm here in the most beautiful place in, in the country. And uh, so I started surfing. I, okay. I, I, put a, I bought a surfboard for 400 bucks, and every weekend the beach was free, so I went to the beach and uh, started hanging around, started surfing, and uh, couldn't leave. So when I finished my training, I was set up with a job back in Ohio, and I was like, hell no. <laughs> I wasn't quite there. I was like, hey, let's give this thing a shot. Let's, okay. let's, let's, uh, the worst I can do is fail. I already have this backup plan, so... I gave it a shot, and that was 15 years ago. Wow. Okay. So, was I mean, was that originally what you wanted to do, is uh, get into medicine, or, or is that, like, like I, forced upon you, or, like, that's what you really wanted? I come from a, cam- a family of accountants, so everyone's kind of a, a very good with numbers, and, uh, and, and I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> so, um, but I was good at science, and um, I decided... In junior high, I wanted to be a doctor, mm-hmm. and in high school, I wanted to be a doctor, and I was good with science, and then I went to pre-med, and I did pretty good with there, and and uh, it's been wonderful. 
I, nice. I really love what I do. I, I'm nice. the one person that say I can go to work every day, and I am happy with what I do. That's two. Me, me as well. Me too. High, high five. five for Lou. <laughs> yeah, high five. And uh, you, you, you guys brought some some good Irish whiskey. We, we picked this. Uh, Amy picked this up in her travels over in Ireland. Yep. Tell us, tell us. You want to tell them how we uh, we? Uh, how did you guys acquire this? How did you guys how, smuggle it over? How, how customs <laughs> kind of led us to this? <laughs> There's a custom story. That's got to be a good story. Oh, yeah. no. Um, coming back from the Enduro um, World Series race in Ireland, um, I um, because I kind of eat a special diet, I brought over a whole bunch of stuff. And so I'm not going to just leave it in Ireland. If I didn't eat all of it, I'm going to take it back. Um, one, of the, <laughs> one of the things that um, I eat on the trail um, is kind of like I consider it a natural goo is um, Trader Joe's applesauce packets. And I like the ones that have the apples and the mangoes in them. Um, so I'm bringing back a bunch of these. Um, so every time I go through security, they always like to take my carry-ons apart. And I'm like, that's kind of just the thing that goes on when I'm in airports. So um, security coming back through Ireland wants to take apart my carry-on. Fine. Okay. So the guy starts taking out all of my applesauce packets. And he's like, baby food. And more baby food. And more baby food. And I'm like, it's not baby food. But, um, yeah. So I got pretty worked up going through customs and everything um, in Ireland. Um, and by the time we were through customs, I had kind of had it. And um, walking to our terminal, we go past um, one of those duty-free areas. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what is duty free? What does that mean? They don't charge you tax, or what is it? Yeah, you don't have okay. to pay a sales tax. Okay. Mm -hmm. So go through the duty free area, and um, they are giving out samples of whiskey. Am I going to turn that down after my customs experience? Negative, Ghost Absolutely Rider. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so that is how we came across that whiskey. So it good. It Four happens. samples. This is the one we picked. I don't know if this was the best one or the fourth one. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little hazy after there, there that, were, huh? There were three that we tried, and that was the best one. Nice, <laughs> nice. So, Thomas, uh, how'd you get involved in? Um, um, so, did you pick podiatry as like your, what your go-to, or, or I mean, how did the, how did that get involved in what you what you wanted to do? So, I knew early on that I wanted to be in medicine, but I didn't really know what kind. Um, undergraduate doesn't really get you ready for that. Um, so, but I was thinking about it, I was like, well, boy, I'd like to see a little bit of everything because mm -hmm. I get bored really easy, got my ADD setting in. Back in the day, we called it, you get bored easy, now it's called ADD. But They, they put a name to everything. They got a name on it now. Yeah, but but yeah. before then, it was just, hey, focus. So, <laughs> What are you, stupid? <laughs> it could, it could have been something like that, yeah. too. So, um, so I'm looking at the different specialties, and I was like, I don't want to do everything. And I was like, oh, I want to be a primary care doctor. That's totally what I want to do. I get to meet people. I get to know them. I have relationships with them. Yeah. You know, this is this is what I want to do. And then I talked to some primary care doctors, and they're like, this is not what you want to do. And I'm like, well, why not? It sounds amazing. And they're like, we see all this cool stuff, and then we have to send it somewhere else. Wow. And I go, Okay, so I want to be the person they send it to. And so now I have to look at all the specialties. I'm like, well, which specialty do I want to be? And I go, I still get bored. I want to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I'm like, every specialty focuses in an organ system, be it bones, be it dermatology in the skin, be it wh whatever it is. You're mm -hmm. focused into one. It, it's nothing wrong with that, but you're focused into one thing. And I'm like, well, what kind of specialty is there that I can do everything? Right. And sure enough, there was foot and ankle. And the foot and ankle, as a podiatrist, you get to do 
dermatology, diabetes oh, care. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I get to do bone work. I get to do soft tissue work. I get to, 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 to do dermatology, too. I can biopsy and things. I, I got attracted into wound care as well, so I can be a wound care specialist. So uh, it allows you to do a little bit of everything because it's one of the only specialties that's in a geographic area. It's the foot and the ankle and everything related to the foot and the ankle. Mm-hmm. And so you can go up the leg as long as it's related to the foot and ankle. I get to watch people walk. I get to change the way they walk. I get to treat kids. Mm-hmm. I get to treat adults. I get to treat geriatrics. Wow. So it's a specialty that actually is all age groups. I, this week I had an 18-month-old see me in an emergency. Um, the mom thought he broke his ankle. It was actually a foreign body, but um, the child wouldn't walk all of a sudden. And I saw uh, a person who was um, 94 years old. Mm-hmm. That was in the same day this week. So I get to see everything. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I like seeing, I, I got to see athletic people that are able to, to run long distances and marathons. And I see bike riders all the way up to s- people who are just kind of vegetarian, kind of vegetarian, <laughs> Ve- vegetative, kind of just sit there. So they don't want to, they, they work They're hard. not meat eaters? They, they come home. <laughs> They, they, they want to just sit there. And, uh, and uh, it's really kind of a challenge to get all those people better because you have to approach each one a little different. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate goal is to get them better, is right. to have a resolution of care where they no longer, be it surgical and I fix them or be it insert or change the way they walk or give them some stretching, whatever it is, it's, 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 a, it's a very attractive thing to be able to get that person better, Yeah, which is why I originally wanted to be a primary care doctor. I was like, I get to see everything. Now I get to see everything related to one part of the body. So what has been the most interesting surgery or patient or, you know, situation that you've, you've been involved in where you're like, hmm, this uh, is interesting. I really like just about everything I do. I can't say that I've ever been in a surgery and I said, oh, this is boring. I shouldn't be doing this. Um, well, I'm not saying like boring, but like, like it was, comp- it just, it was like maybe let's say basic and then it kind of turned into like something complicated. Be- because I do so much work with like MRIs and x-rays and surgical visualization and kind of stuff like that. So you, I you don't see really it. get surprised. Okay. So, um, it's not that that couldn't happen. It totally could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, that stuff, the really exciting, like, oh, gee whiz, that, I didn't expect that, that'll happen in the workup. Uh, mm. I can think of a patient this week that I took a sample of his toenail because his toenail looked like it might have fungus in it. And when the sample come back, it comes back with melanin in it. And so now it looks like he has a skin cancer, a, a melanoma under his toenail. Wow. And so now that's a surprise. Now, I'm not going to be surgically surprised that way, but here's a guy who I'm thinking, ah, he needs some medicine or maybe a laser to treat his toenail. And sure enough, this guy needs a removal and, and a check for cancer. Wow. So, so that's kind of, those moments happen in like the workup period. Yeah. So I get a lot of that, but it's not really surgery. Okay. Um, I've gone out of my way in the past couple of years to really reinvest my time into reconstructive surgery, which is something I was originally trained on. Okay. Um, the, the concept we call it is called limb salvage surgery. Limb salvage, so okay. Don't chop off the toe, don't chop off the foot, don't chop off the leg. Ooh. And now that sounds crazy, except for there are so many specialties, specialists that aren't really specialists. And I don't mean they're not specialists, but they're specialists in that organ system I told mm-hmm. you about. Maybe it's a bone doctor. So they're not really interested in saving the leg. They just want to get rid of it so they can go on to the next patient. Or maybe it's a doctor in an area that doesn't have specialty and he just does everything. And you think he's going to be able to, to go out of his way to try to save someone's leg when the toe is turned off from the foot. Um, 
or the the foot is turned off from the leg. If it's if it's crooked, they're yeah. like, oh, well, why even deal with that? <laughs> so <laughs> next, I've, I've gone out of my way to try to get those people a chance to be able to to not lose their leg wow. or, or their limb. And so I've spent a lot of time on these big, huge external frames mm-hmm. that can actually, it's kind of like a halo you've seen people wear for the, their head. Well, it's a halo for the foot, and it allows you to actually rotate the different bones and joints oh, into a different position, at which time uh, the body either naturally can heal them into that position uh-huh. um, with, the, with the changes that happen as the body heals things, or I can use um, internal fixation to hold it there. So mm. I've really spent a lot of time on that, and um, that's been really exciting. Okay. About two years ago, I, I, I made it a mission because, you know, a doctor, once you're about every 10 years in practice, if you don't go out of your way to make sure that you're keeping up on the current stuff, then time starts to pass you by. Mm-hmm. And so since I've been doing this 15 years, it was time for me to kind of make sure that I'm doing the latest and greatest and yeah. knowing what I'm doing. And so that's been really exciting because any time it starts to get boring, you can learn something new. You can switch it up and, a little bit. get an, an expert on it and go that way. So, cool. So how'd you get into... Um, um, you guys do like uh, custom or um, what is that uh, orthotics? Yeah. So part of the analysis of the of the podiatric specialist, foot and ankle specialist that I am, is that we watch you walk. Like every single, maybe every single new patient, unless they're unable to walk. Um, some of those people I just mentioned, or people that might be elderly. But I make them all stand, and I make them walk. Hmm. And and by watching someone walk, you can see some things that you're not just seeing just by sitting in the chair. Because if your foot hurts, your foot hurts when you do things, not when you sit. Mm-hmm. Okay? Your foot could hurt when you sit, but typically it hurts when you do things. So when the doctor looks at you and never watched you walk, he, I'm kind of missing part of what I should be seeing. Right. So uh, when I watch people walk, I can see things like leg length discrepancies where the limbs are different sizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see where one foot's turned out from the other I use an eyeglass analogy that if you go to the eye doctor and one eye is 2080 and one eye is 2040, he doesn't say, oh, well, let's just worry about the eye that's 2080. Mm-hmm. No, the doctor says, hey, one eye is more off than the other, but if we pull them both to 2020, they can work together and your eyes can work better. Mm. Well, that's the way I, th- I think about the feet. If one foot is off different from the other, now all of a sudden you don't need just arch supports that you can buy anywhere. Now you need medical-grade custom-made arch supports where I actually make a cast of your foot and change the left and right so they can function together. So it's kind of like, like going getting your car lined, right? You get you get the toe in, out, and then you get the caster and camber kind of lined up so you're not... So the tires are not worn unevenly or like, you know, scalpeling or, or, or whatever's wrong with the tires that's worn out evenly properly. I love the alignment analogy. It is like that because <laughs> because you can check your car all over for a problem. Yeah. But sometimes you forget about the tires. Like look at the wear pattern on the tires. That tells you so much. Yep. Well, same thing. When you watch someone walk, the the, the foot's where the rubber meets the road. So I can see if there's a knee problem. And mm-hmm. I have I have knee doctors that send their patients to me for orthotics. Wow. Now, that's a big investment because the knee doctor doesn't want to do orthotics, but they're like, hey, your knee pain may need surgery, but it might not. Let's get these first to see if you need surgery. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. So that that's kind of what it's like. And and the orthotics, I, I that word orthotics has been grabbed by Dr. Scholes and other people. And <laughs> Damn that guy. <laughs> he's been dead a long time. <laughs> uh, but he was a real guy. He was from Chicago. But... Um, but but the, those people aren't really people anymore. They're just corporations, and they're out to, to sell you a bill of goods. Right. And, and it's true that you can go to the eye doctor, and he can say, you need reading glasses. That happens. Mm-hmm. And I see people all the time, and I was like, hey, we need orthotics. And they're like, 
nah, you, you just need an arch support. Go get right. an arch support, save your money. But when it comes to the orthotics, those are people who left and right foot are different. And that normally will show up as your ankle hurts on one side and not the other. Your plantar fascia or your heel pain hurts on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. It can even show up as like ingrown toenails and stuff where they're, they're rubbing on the, the, the upper of your shoe in, in an odd way, causing ingrown toenails. Mm. Now, let me, let me ask uh, Thomas, uh, when, when people have like flat feet, how can, you, can you address it at a young age or how does that work? I, I love to get children in with flat feet. And I talked about that 18-month-old earlier. That's not really the, the target patient. Mm-hmm. You know, if the patient's five, six, seven, and they're still having problems walking or they're turned out and anyone above the age of about three to four, um, by putting them in inserts, their bones are malleable. So mm-hmm. you can actually put them in a, in a location where they grow their own arch. Mm. And I actually had this play out in my practice where I saw a, a nine-year-old uh, female, like the first year I was in practice, and, of course, I believe in this. I'm like, hey, let's make you some orthotics, and you mm-hmm. should be able to grow a normal foot. And she's nine, and she, her feet are flat as a board, and the parents are like, there ain't no way, but Doc will let you try it. I treated her in orthotics for um, six years. Wow. And then I kind of lost track of her. And then, because uh, she was better and didn't come back, and mm-hmm. went to high school and college. And then she came back with her grandmother, and, and I recognized her, and now she's um, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And I said, can you take your socks and shoes off? Let's watch you walk. Perfect foot. Wow. Left and right, as perfect as you could be. Her gait was perfect. And otherwise, she would have had an adulthood of visiting the foot doctor. Now she doesn't have to go see feet, uh, foot doctors because her f- feet are fixed. Wow. So, so that's really kind of. That's pretty cool. That's pretty rewarding, huh? Yeah, You're like, it is Man, rewarding. look at that. That's sweet. Yeah, I think of her often when I'm, I, I tell that story a lot to the patients. It's like, hey, here's an example of what happened to me. Yeah. Because I can quote the studies and I can quote the journals, and they're very overwhelming that it makes a difference, especially to children. However, you know, somewhere along the way, a doctor said, ah, they'll grow out of that. And some people don't. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying at, at three years old, it's a, good, it's a good time. If your feet are flat, go see, go see a, a podiatrist. If your feet are flat and you're having difficulty walking or getting around or you notice that one foot is different than the other, three-year-old would be fine for that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably four to five is probably more of a, a, a better age. Okay. At, at five years old or greater, if it's not turned itself around. See, see it's funny because it, as you are born, your feet are supposed to roll in and then turn out and then roll back into their normal where you're going to be for an adult. So, mm-hmm. so some of that's normal. Okay. Right? You know, if you have a newborn baby and you say, oh, my gosh, the foot's turned in. Well, yeah, it was probably under the rib or something. That's mm-hmm. that's relatively common. <laughs> um, it's when they start cruising and walking, if they're really, either there's a delay in the cruising or walking or they're having uh, difficulty um, in, in later into life because hmm. the feet aren't the same, that's when you should see your doctor. Okay. So we're going to bring Amy into this conversation what's up amy how you doing good how are you good good so what are you all about amy what am i all about um right now it's uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's um getting more girls riding um we actually just started a um girls gone riding orange county chapter um literally within the last week so um that's kind of been what was uh, girls gone riding Yep. Orange County chapter. Yep, that just started. GGR OC. Yep, GGRC. Is that you? Yep, that's oh, me. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> Heck yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So that's kind of what we're doing right now is um, 
trying to get the chapter started. It literally just started up probably about a week ago. It's about time. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> you you, were, you guys were going all the way to like, I know Wendy's, she's, you know, I got to get her on the show, but, mm-hmm. you know, you guys have to go all the way like to LA or, or you know, San Diego and stuff like that to go ride. Yeah. So it's cool that you guys, mm-hmm. you know, have something here that's, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, and I, it, there's a movement mm-hmm. of more women riding bikes. You know, uh, Megan does a Women Wednesday rides exactly. uh, through uh, Vida MTB. And, uh, you know, uh, Lee Donovan, she, you know, she's a big, um, live. yeah, you know, she's a big live ambassador and you're also a live ambassador, right, Amy? Yep. Yes, I am. And, uh, it's pretty cool that, you know, these, these brands are finally recognizing like, Hey, women need women specific bikes to, to ride and to shred. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, um, how's that coming along? The GGR stuff? Um, it's coming along pretty quick, actually. Um, so we just got the, uh, the Facebook page off the ground, like mm-hmm. last week and everything. And probably already have like almost 70 girls on it. Awesome. Um, planning our first club ride on, um, June 23rd. Uh, it's going to be over at Elise Wood Canyons. And it's nice. just basically all about giving girls an environment where they're going to be comfortable going out and riding. Because sometimes it's like, okay, you go and you let's say a lot of girls start riding with like their significant others and everything. That's or, tough, right? Yeah. <laughs> or right. a group of dudes. Or... It's the other way around. Amy's so much faster than me. But yeah, for she, most she people, is, it's the other Amy way. is fast. You're right. Absolutely. But yeah, you know, cause you, you know, uh, you get guys that are like, man, hurry up and shift and pedal faster. And you know, it just, you know, it, it puts just a lot of unneeded pressure on, on, on your, on your spouse or, or girlfriend, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they get frustrated and they're like, you know what? I don't want to ride anymore. Exactly. You know what I mean? But if you're riding with like-minded women that, you know, they're going to be there encouraging you. I mean, I'm not saying guys won't do it, but mm-hmm. some guys are like, you know what? I just want to go ride. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go with some buddies and just go ride, mm-hmm. which is which is cool. Yeah. But now, you know, now women have that now. Mm-hmm. It's just an environment where we were trying to make women feel more comfortable about coming out and riding. And mm-hmm. you're not going to be holding people up. Like, we literally, like, when we do club rides, we offer, like... I think it's something around like four or five different rides based on ability levels. Okay. So you find a place for you, you go on that ride, and eventually you're progressing to the next level up. And um, it's just a way for girls to get into an environment like that that makes them feel comfortable. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So it's uh, let's talk about your your, your racing adventures. You you race uh, um, pro enduro. I do. Yes. Nice. How, how many years have you been a pro? Um, this is my fourth year now. Fourth year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are your plans this year for racing? Um, it's kind of playing everything by ear. I ended up having to have um, shoulder surgery um, oh, August last year. And um, that has actually been the hardest injury for me to come back from. I mean, I've had like gnarly injuries, like pretty much like breaking my ankle and everything, tearing a bunch of ligaments. And um, that was easier to come back from than the shoulder surgery. Yeah. So, yeah. But how did you break your shoulder, Amy? <laughs> oh, is there is there is there a good story behind it or what? Um, not really. <laughs> it was um pre riding for the um Madeira EWS race. And that was literally okay. I think um maybe like today, last year. So um yeah, so I um One did year that. ago today. What? One year ago today. Yeah, the memories are coming up in Facebook today. <laughs> like, oh, that happened today. But literally, it's just riding along over some routes, and the bike slid out from underneath me. I came down on my elbow, didn't really think anything of it. And um, I think it was on the way home from um, that race. Um, on the airplane, my shoulder started bothering me a little. And it was kind of like, all right, maybe I slept weird on the plane. And um, it just 
wouldn't really let up, but it wasn't enough to um, make me think that I needed to go see the doctor. And then it started waking me up at night. Wow. I'm like, okay. Except two weeks later, she raced in Ireland. Whoa. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, I did that. With a, bro- with a jacked up shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> jacked up medical term. <laughs> Check. Is it, is, it, is it a proper medical? Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, this offshoot's beer is pretty good, right? Hazy IPA, which is like right now, like it's the end thing. You got you know? me straight into this hazy IPA and it, uh, up at Alvarado, and man, it is good. Right? This is a uh, this is six point eight percent. You know, it doesn't taste like it though. Right? That's very you nice. know, yeah. We, we were up at the, for the Seattle Classic, uh, you know, several weeks ago, and we went to Alvarado Street Brewing Company, and they had the Red Ripe Strawberry, and that was delicious. I don't know what you you also you had, what did you have? Do you remember Thomas? You had some other kind of beer. I remember very little about the beer. <laughs> I'll just take the fifth. Um, you probably got two of the strawberry ones, The strawberry beer. They had a, a seasonal, local, artesian oh, strawberry, because they grow all the strawberries up there. Yeah. They grow them everywhere, but they, mm-hmm. they're really good up there. Yeah. And they took their local strawberries, and they put them in this high, hazy IPA, and it was... It wasn't fruity. It wasn't like a lambic or anything that's really going to set you back and go, oh, my gosh, that's sweet, and... Mm-hmm. and and, but it was just the right amount of flavor with that IPA. And I don't understand the whole hazy thing, but all I can say is it was really good. And the Lord said it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord said, refill this again, please. Yes. And the food was good, too. The, they had a, they had a, a, I still call them roach coaches. I know that's not the proper term. They call them uh, uh, craft trucks or what. I don't know what they call them nowadays, uh, food trucks. I still call them roast coaches, man. That's... That was borderline roast coach, but it was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> yeah, the gourmet food trucks. I really like that. I like to go to the food yeah. truck. I'm the foodie. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so is Amy. We both yeah. really like food. Yeah, food um, is awesome. <laughs> Let's talk food. Food is good. So, so you know, I've been kind of getting into this beer trading deal. I don't, you know, it's something new. I um, I was out uh, online, you know, Instagram, trying to find like some cool beers to to buy, and and you know, this thing came this uh, brewery from New York called Dubco popped up and i'm like hey i want to buy some beers like yeah you we can't ship to california or any other state i'm like uh so they said hey find a guy that'll trade you beers and some guy two guys hit me up like hey what do you got to trade i'm like i just want to buy the beers like no that's not how it works you got to trade beer so now like i'm doing this beer trading thing so i you know and when i was up there for the sea otter classic i bought some beers that the guy wanted uh wave jammer like a double uh, ipa and Shipped them to him, and he he brought me over some beers, and you know now we're like beer trading. Is this Burning Man for beer? Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe you got to trade something. No money. No money. Yeah, you know, and, no and, and you, you know, uh, I've been I've been going to uh, High Time Wine Cellars, and that's where I buy most of my beers. And uh, Dan William works there, and and so I go, hey Dan, can you ship me these beers? And like, sure. Where's it going to? New York. I'm like, okay, cool. But that's where like you know like New England. That's what the, you know that's what they call New England. You know, hazy beers. That's where it came out from out there. Yeah, beers are good though, man. You know, you start drinking some beers, like okay. And I was never really a beer a beer guy. I'd drink some whiskey, you know, bourbon, you know, the, the, the thing, liquor, Jack and Coke. The thing I like <laughs> with beer so much is that there's not as much standards. Like on a wine, if you get a cab, it's always going to be a cap. Yes. If you get a Syrah, it's always Syrah. A, a Chardonnay is always because there's standards. You can't really deviate that much. Right. You can grow it near stuff to change the flavors, and wine definitely changes flavors. But beer, people can go crazy. In the in the craft brew in San Diego, we were down in San Diego last yeah. week. It is amazing. Belgian the, Beaver down there. But the craft beer in Orange County, especially Anaheim, yeah. is unbelievable right yeah. now. The scene is up and coming. Yes. And and my, my family's still living in Ohio. 
Cincinnati has a craft beer scene that is, really? is yeah. equal to San Diego, maybe wow. even greater. Mm-hmm. It, it is really going off in different places. Hmm. And uh, it actually makes me want to go up to, to Wisconsin. Supposedly they have some really great stuff going on some, in that area Some cheese well. beer? I'm sure they got cheese beer. Cheese head so, on a drink of beer. But, so. but it's really interesting because there's no standards, so they can do pretty much whatever they want. And yeah. it really gr- makes some... Just you just drink it and it's like it's like fireworks in your mouth. It's mm-hmm. so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know they've been talking. Uncle B's been talking about it. That you know him and Dan. That beer's more complex than wine, just because of what you can do with the beer. Mm-hmm. You know, wine's pretty much as you put it in the barrel and you just age it or whatever. And this stuff you can just. There's so many other factors involved to to make a good. You know, and there's so many breweries now. It's you know it's pretty crazy. You know, you can go pretty much wherever you want and and you can find a good brewery. Or a good group of breweries that are, you know, producing some good beers. It's definitely changed from Bud, Bud Light, and Miller. Thank uh, God. What was what was the other one? <laughs> Hams or Hams? Hams uh, beer? H A M M S? No, I saw I saw uh, uh, Nat, Natty Light. We were big into Natural Light when I okay, was a kid. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard of that? No, it's, it's no. not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a dorm dorm room beer or what? High school beer. High school beer. So okay. some, somebody sells you the worst beer they can sell you. That's the one. Nice. Luckily, nice. luckily, I was always the designated driver in high school. So, okay. So I was able to to enjoy the party without you know mm-hmm. losing my grades. <laughs> so, um, so you guys travel together, right? You guys ride bikes together for the most part. <laughs> Thomas, yeah. We we definitely travel <laughs> together. We we spend a lot of time together. It's been been wonderful. We're just. Uh, we just passed. Uh, well, actually, we're coming up on the actual date of ten years. Ten uh, years married. I've wow. been together yeah. longer than that, but ten years married. Yeah. Well, how'd you guys meet? Who wants to tell the story? Take a sip of beer here before I get here. The answer. <laughs> it's more interesting from Amy's point of view. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we actually met at um, a concert um, at Irvine Meadows. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so what it was was um, it's Fish Fest. It's um, a day-long Christian music festival. Okay. Um, I think they're doing it somewhere else now because Irvine Meadows is no more. Now, now they have homes there. Yes, yeah, <laughs> they have homes there. I guess we could do it in someone's living room. That'd be really awesome. <laughs> Actually, you know what? They, they moved the amphitheater to um, what was the El Toro Air Base. The uh-huh. Great Park. Yeah, the Great mm-hmm. Park, yeah. So um, yeah. You, you go past like a big pile of like asphalt and concrete grindings because I've mm-hmm. seen it. And uh, um, that's where they have the amphitheater now. We just yeah. went, uh, n- non sequitur, we just went to an amphitheater in Tuscaloosa, Georgia last week as part of our celebration. Alabama. Or, uh, sorry, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And uh, it was an outdoor amphitheater there mm-hmm. right on the river. Wow. So it was really cool. Nice. So we saw Jack Johnson uh, for part of our celebration. But you were telling, yeah. he asked you a story about how we met. Okay. So um, because it's a... Um, a day long, it's like they have a bunch of different bands playing throughout the day. Um, during, um, <laughs> hilariously, a band that neither one of us were really totally into, um, we were both going out to our car for different reasons. I was um, in the middle of April, so it gets a little cold at night, so I was going out for a jacket and a blanket, and he was um, dropping off some CDs. And he happened to see me a couple of cars over and um, walked over and... <laughs> Try to start a conversation with me, <laughs> but um, weird guy in the parking lot. I don't know if um, he is um, a creeper. Yes, did, exactly. did you did you ha- did you have your can of mace ready to go and spray him or what? <laughs> I did not. I did not at the time. But because I'm like, okay, weird guy in the parking lot. Yeah. I um, didn't really 
kind of yes or no. Like, I'm only giving him, like, monosyllabic, like, responses to his questions <laughs> and trying to walk back into the venue as quickly yeah. as possible. Like, hey, I got to go. I got some girlfriends <laughs> waiting for me. Bye. <laughs> exactly. That is one of the, the questions that came up, too, is do you have a boyfriend? And I said, that's, um, that's... yes, but um, he's not here right now. I'm, I'm here with friends, which I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> but um, then we get to the um, the venue doors, and he had a ticket to get in. So I figured he's got a ticket to a Christian concert, so he can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. So wrong. And and, and and had she she didn't see which car I had gone to. Mm-hmm. No. Had she seen that I had a '84 Volkswagen Vanagon camper shagging wagon? Yeah, <laughs> she, creeper. That, that I put the CDs in. She, she would. I probably would have, would not have walked fast. She I probably would have ran. Run. Yeah, yeah. would have ran away. So luckily, she didn't know what kind of car I had. So <laughs> running so on empty, man. Running on empty. The Eagles. <laughs> you know the Eagles well. I'm gonna put some Eagles on in the background. We will. We will. So, uh, so you guys. Witchy woman. Witchy. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so you guys hit it off, right? Or did you, I mean... Well, at that time, Amy was in school, and okay. uh, so she didn't really have a lot of time. So uh, we took it relatively slow to begin with and just hung out and decided we liked each other. And uh, time goes on, and... Um, three, to three years after that, we got married. See, she helps me with the time. I didn't know yeah. it was three years. <laughs> time yep. goes so fast. It felt like five minutes. Aww. Wow. So... Um, How'd you guys, I mean, who was the first one to get involved into, like, mountain biking and mountain bike racing? So, um, I guess I can tell that story. My um, good friend David, uh, you met David the other night. Yeah. Um, we, at that time, we were into rock climbing and whitewater kayaking. Those were our two main activities. So, every weekend, we would go rock climbing. You, you and David? Kayak. Or you and no. Okay. Amy and I would, would uh, we, there was a rock climbing gym, solid rock, no longer there. And there's mm-hmm. a tear in my eye. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, there was a rock climbing gym close to us, and we would go climb at least three to four nights a week. Uh, and then that led us into outside climbing and Ortega Falls and eventually Yosemite trips. Um, and at the same time, I was really into water and river because I grew up on a river, on the mm-hmm. Ohio River. So um, I, th- I found the Kern River, and we would go up there. The Killer Kern. The Killer yep. Kern. And we would do whitewater kayaking. So that was our weekend. And, and my buddy goes, I've been mountain biking for like 10 years Mm -hmm. and you should really give it a try you're into all this stuff you would probably like it it's got exercise it's got technical like you know problem solving that rock climbing has yeah and uh, i think he was concerned about whitewater kayaking that we would eventually die um so it's 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 safe it ain't safe but he said it was safe um so so you don't drown in mountain biking generally so he took us out we went and bought a bike and i said fine we got to have the right gear so i went to the path bike shop uh-huh. Tag the, the path bike shop, and uh, went to the, yeah went to the <laughs> the path bike shop. Uh, they hooked me up with a bike that probably wasn't what I needed, but um, it was a bike and it's what I wanted. And it was on sale. I forgot to mention it was on yes. sale because these bikes are so expensive. Yeah. So I yeah. wanted to get, even back in the day. Even back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so so I got a bike that that probably I had made decisions based on expense for. And so we go out and we get to the trailhead of Whiting Ranch. Okay. And so the entryway Borrega to Whiting Ranch is our first uh, trail that we've ever done. Pretty and pretty sandy back in the day. 
way sandy. Mm. So you're walking, I'm walking that stuff. Yeah. But I get in there, and at that time it was a three by nine. Three by nine, okay. So three by nine 20, was all 26 the rage. 26er? Uh, yep. And yeah. so the three by nine was all the rage. So I was like, cool, I'll get the three by nine. And uh, so I, I, I ride, and I'm riding, and within the first half mile, my chain breaks. Oh, boy. And so I literally picked up the phone on the trail, and I called the path bike shop. And I go, why would you sell me a bike with a defective chain? <laughs> now, that is so ridiculous now that we ride bikes to even say that. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, my, my history of biking is I had a Huffy when I was a kid. Okay. I learned how to ride it, so I didn't have training wheels down the street. The first bike ride, I went up and went up and down a gravel hill, fell down. I still have a scar on my leg. I handed this back to my parents and say, I never want to see this Huffy again. <laughs> and we did, you know, water sports and yeah. skiing and wakeboarding and kneeboarding and saucering. That was kind of what we did because the river was right there. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't really bike. So I didn't know how to bike as an adult. I had to learn. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I called them, they said, sir, please come on back. We'll go over the bike with you. And I was like, fine. And I'm like, I'm going to go tell them a piece of my mind. And I show in there, and they very politely went over everything with me and said, this is how you shift. This is what cross-chaining is, which I was cross-chained, of course, uh, and, <laughs> and, and kind of explained to me. And then they replaced my chain for free. Wow. And, and I really never forgot that because now that I've got into biking and know a lot more, uh, you know, that story sounds so ridiculous. But, you know, that's where I was. And they met me where I was, and they're like, hey – let's teach you about bikes let's get you to be a bike rider and, yeah and i i think i'm a, I'm a very uh, loyal customer to them so mm -hmm. i really enjoy what they do amy has a different uh biking as a kid story because i know there's some photographs to prove that oh <laughs> the the early one that my mom sent me for my birthday one time of me like on a little green tricycle thing looking all like badass and i'm getting all <laughs> arrow <laughs> But, um, yeah, I rode bikes growing up. Uh, probably the last time I rode a bike before I rode a bike as an adult was um, probably around 12, 13. Mm -hmm. And we just rode up and down our street doing circus tricks, standing on pedals with no hands. Wow. Like, yeah. We, I, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't think I can do it now. I don't know how I did it back then. The birth but. of an enduro racer. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, yeah, just jumping off sidewalks, trying to do jumps and stuff like that. So, yeah, we, we were doing that pretty early on. <laughs> so how did, how did this evolve into racing enduro and then racing EWS, which is no joke. I mean, if people don't know about like racing enduro is, it's pretty demanding because you have to, you need to, you need to be able to pedal like a cross country racer, right. Mm -hmm. And descend like a downhill racer. So it's, it's a combination of two, two sports, right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and there's um, some endurance involved too. So there's a little yeah. level of endurance happening yeah, in there yeah. too. Exactly. So it's really three sports put together. Yeah, because yeah. you know when we went down to Ensenada, I mean, you know, we we rode for like five hours or whatever it was, and like hike a bike, and you know, and you're right, you, you definitely do need a lot of endurance. <laughs> and you're like, why am I doing this, man? This is stupid, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, it's 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 a big it's a big jump from like just riding on the street, right, with your mm -hmm. friends, and and then all of a sudden like you're racing against the top pros in the world, you know what I mean? You know, all over the, you know, you, know, you guys were, you've been in Europe several times to race. Mm -hmm. So Portugal, yep. Ireland, New Zealand, we spent a... S mm -hmm. That wasn't an EWS five, five race, race, but yeah, yeah, that was the Trans-New Zealand yeah. five-day EWS race. is Enduro World Series, yeah. but 
based on their track record, it's the Enduro Wet Series because it always rains. Oh. I mean, she hurt her shoulder. It was raining. And <laughs> in Ireland during the race, it was raining. Yeah. So, yep. so there's always water for some reason wherever they go. And coming from Southern California, racing EWS for Amy has been really difficult because how often do we ride in the rain here? When it rains, the trails are closed. Right. Yeah. I so. mean, you can do San Juan, but that's pretty much it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people don't want to race in the rain or ride in the rain because it destroys drivetrains, man. And, you know... You got to replace a cassette. It's like three hundred bucks. A chain's another eighty bucks. You know what I mean? Bearings and mm-hmm. it gets expensive. You know, exactly. so people are like, you know what? It's raining. Eh, I'm gonna put the bike away. And yeah. how, how did you come from uh, racing a local, um, in a, a local pro to, to trying to be a, 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 a national or international pro? Um, I think it was. Um, it happened because um, I was trying to do the entire BME series one year, and okay. one of those races happened to be um, an Enduro World Series race. Yeah. It was the Aspen Snowmass race. Ooh, okay. Cool. So I was like, okay, I um, need to do, I believe it was four out of the five races um, in order to um, be in the points. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you know, I guess I will petition that race and, get, and try to get in the lottery and see if I can get into that race. So I ended up getting in. Um, I think I also, um, you got a, a sponsor exempt, right? Didn't you get into, to, um, didn't you get into Crankworks that year? Um, yeah, no, that was the other one that I, um, that I, um, petitioned for. I, um, asked to be, um, in the, um, Aspen, um, snowmass race because I needed that for the BME. Mm-hmm. And then I also, um, petitioned to be in the, um, the Whistler, um, Crankworks okay. race. That, I heard that's pretty, that's a pretty tough race. Uh, yeah, that was probably like <laughs> the toughest one day race that I have ever done. Wow. Yeah. How many stages was that? Do you remember? It was five. Five stages, but it's like gnarly red. Literally, there was something in every stage that had me praying to God that I would not die or injure myself severely. Wow. <laughs> That's a legit enduro if you're like praying. Like, they got crazy Lord, trained. They did top yeah. to bottom. <laughs> oh, the top to bottom was probably the hardest thing because it's like the fifth stage. They send you, they give you a lift part way. So that was kind of nice. Um, all the way to the top of the mountain. And then you're racing top of the world to trails in the bottom and um yeah it was um i think i was on um trail for probably almost a half an hour during that and stage and you have a partial mechanical on that that stage i did um somewhere during top of the world before i got to the um the trails that came down from mid mountain i must have um had a um, partial sidewall slash oh on one of my rear tires so i was losing air um that I think somehow contributed to um, me burping the front tire, and um, I finished um, the stage with I believe it was like ten pounds of pressure in both my front and my rear tires. That's sketchy. Yeah, no, I was sliding all over the place, going, <laughs> "Oh my sketch. goodness!" I think my suspension's going. I have no idea what's going on. I even slid off of a wood bridge at one point, oh boy. crashed horribly. I'm like, "What in the world is going on?" And then I get to the bottom, ten pounds of pressure in both yeah. tires. Yeah, and the last feature is like a three and a half foot drop the glc drop oh boy with everybody watching from garibaldi and, lift company and, and you and you uh you hit it you oh hit yeah oh yeah with ten pounds impression of tire oh yeah I, I didn't know at the time. I was just like, oh, I'll be like, hell no, man. I, I'm done, man. I got a mechanical. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking down. Get out of here. That's the other thing about Enduro is everything kind of has to go right. If you ride so hard, you jack your bike up, all of a sudden you're not finishing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so to be able to finish the Enduro World Series is a feat in it as, as of itself. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people go and yeah, they're fast, but they blow up or they 
go harder than their equipment can do. So you yeah. kind of have to like mm-hmm. not only be versed into riding terrain that we don't see in areas that are, are all over the place, mm-hmm. but you also have to kind of dial it back enough that you're not destroying your equipment. Be smart about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're racing or even you're riding. destroying yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much. yeah, because, I mean, you know, you have to survive and you have to look at it as a long-term deal because you just can't go balls to the wall in one one race and then you know you hurt yourself and then you got a next race coming up and you're like, how are you going to pull that off you know what i mean and a lot of these these racers are you know investing a lot of time energy and money to to get there right and, and they want to be successful and win races and win championships so it's a long you're playing the long ball type of deal you know and mm-hmm. and you got to be real smart about what you're doing and and as a as a as a, an, a non-bike company sponsored racer amy's had sponsors but she has to live up to the sponsor commitments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if the sponsor wants you to represent them and you blow yourself up in the first race they're probably not going to invite you back next year right yeah so yeah. so you know it's it's kind of a, a lot to think about mm-hmm. where if you're racing for a team and you blow yourself up well they'll just get you the best doctors and then you can do your thing but there's not a lot of those gigs out there anymore it's tough yeah it's yeah. not like like it used to be back in the days when Nor- norba and you know where you had big factory sponsors big race teams and and uh, you know more TV coverage than than what we have now. I mean, yeah, you know it's you know it's it's coming back, but it's not what it used to be. Mm. You know, and I don't know, it will will we ever get to that point again? Who knows? You know, I mean, it would have to be some but, major but changes, some some excitement for people to do it and mm-hmm. watch it. Exactly. It's because there's there's so much to what to watch on TV nowadays. Is like, and, and that actually mm-hmm. swings back around to girls gone riding. I think that if the girls really come up and get involved with it. All of a sudden now, it, it right now, it's it's almost not a for everybody thing. But mm-hmm. if they see everybody getting involved, because when, when men and women and families all start to do it together, then I think some of that will come along a little more. Um, so it would be really, really awesome with the, with the girls getting involved to kind of equal out. Because it's, it's a guy-dominated sport. It's a dude fest out there. Yeah, yeah. And you know we we got we got to change it. You know we got to ch- we got to make a change. You know because if we have more women involved and there's more husband and wives that are out there having a good time supporting each other, then they're gonna be spending more money and and buying more bikes. So yeah. right. Yeah. And I mean obviously like these the big companies want to see it as well. You know it's a return of investment. We're invested in this. You know we want to see the return and and I think they'll 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 get it. Mm-hmm. That's just my my two cents. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know. Um, with what we got going on in Ensenada Bike Fest, you know, next year, you know, uh, the next trip we're coming, you know, we're going back down is June 2nd. So Amy's coming down. Thomas is coming down. Uh, Megan, Megan Walsh is coming down. She, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's the uh, manager for the Pat Bike Shop. And I'm talking to Kathy Pruitt. So she's the, uh, she works for 100% now. And she's oh, nice. a pro, pro racer. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're trying to get her to come down and, and, uh. You know, so, we, we want more women to come down and, and, mm-hmm. and, and check out what Boba is all about because it, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, the st- and, and the crew down there is such a great crew. Yeah. They are. And, and the sponsorship and, and it's it's a really – I had some reservations when you first told me about it. <laughs> yeah, you I did. I told you that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you on the podcast, but <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you anyway. No, no, you keep I, it real, man. We, we don't, yeah. don't want to sugarcoat things. No. Yeah, I, I had some reservations. I'm like, wait a second. I used to go down there and surf and then – federales and and i used to sleep on the beach and it was no big deal and then all of a sudden it became kind of scary yeah Mm -hmm. and uh and and um but so so getting me to come down there was actually getting me to cross that border and i'll cross any border 
I'll go to the European Union. I'll go to Canada. Let's go to New Zealand. Let's mm-hmm. go. To, I was in Japan this year. Mm-hmm. I'll cross a border. I got no problem going mm-hmm. places. But uh, crossing that border is a little bit scarier, right? <laughs> and uh, and I was I was so shocked by the people down there, by the attitude, by just just the vibe. It it was not what I expected. Mm-hmm. So I. I um, People that are thinking about it should should think about it because, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the for the bike festival where everything's going to be, lots of people, lots of fun, lots of courses. You've got lots all of beer the and top wine. people involved mm-hmm. in it. It's going to be just, just amazing. That's why I was so eager to, to 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 be involved in sponsorship because I just saw it through your eyes. Mm-hmm. And when I see it through your eyes, and I'm like, oh yeah, this this is this is really great. Yeah, I mean, it, it, sometimes you have to like. You know, that's why, you know, right now we're focusing on uh, Chuvi, and he's my partner down there, and him and Mockley and, 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 and Luis Luna. Those are the guys that are putting all the work in the trail work. And uh, so, that, you know, when I was going down there once a month, I would put some time on the trails. But now we've, we've kind of, like, changed the plan a little bit. Like, hey, you know, let's focus on me being the promoter, bringing people down, getting people stoked on what's going down in Baja, the trails, the, the atmosphere, the vibe, the people, the food, the beers. And uh, and then they're going to focus more on the trail work, you know. So every time we come down there, there's going to be more progress on the trail work. And uh, and we just want to bring people down there and, and, and have them experience what, what we're talking about. You know, talk is cheap, right? Sometimes you got to bring them down and have them experience what we got, what we got going on down there. So And then um, Lou has personally ruined churros for Amy and I. Thank you, Lou, <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of our life. We've not had a churro since. We can't eat them anymore. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we have that churro guy at, at our festival. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a must. That's you know, an absolute must. You know what's funny is uh, Spencer, we went there twice because Spencer wanted churros. And he was actually like, he would have that brown paper bag, right? It's soaked mm-hmm. with grease and oh, right, yeah. and there's sugar and cinnamon at the bottom. And he was like, like he ate the whole thing. Like he, all, if, if the paper bag would have had more cinnamon and sugar, he probably would eat the paper bag. <laughs> he was in love with churros, you yep. know what I mean? And in the presentation, <laughs> that guy's got it going on. Yeah. I, I just, wow. He's cranking him out, man. He's, yeah. he's probably got big, massive biceps. <laughs> he keeps <laughs> totally. squeezing that, that thing out. <laughs> he's in the churro family. That's right. This that's is right. the family that oh, makes yeah. the churros. Yeah, so, you know, um, you know, our next trip is June 2nd. We're going to be staying at the beach. Uh, and that's the the reason we're, we're, we're kind of moving our, our, our usual spot to stay is because it's the Baja 500. It's the 50th anniversary. So we'll, we'll get, we're going to ride bikes Saturday. And then we'll get to see the festivities downtown Ensenada after the, uh, like, even when we get done riding, you're going to see, like, racers coming in. And just, the, it's, a, it's, it's a national holiday in Baja when, when the racing comes into town. The schools shut down. Like, everything, everybody, like, goes on vacation for, like, three days. Nice. So, you know, we'll get to see, like, you know, half a million dollar trophy trucks, you know, helicopters, just people buying food and drinking beer and just the racing action. And then Sunday morning, we're going to go down to the Bufadora which is the blowhole, mm-hmm. and we're going to be riding over there. So I, I don't know if you guys saw the video on the pink bike where you had, like, um, I think it was called Baja Bust or something like that. There was, like, two two versions of it. And these guys were, like, riding in, in the Bufadora area, um, and then they went down, like, to Cabo and Laredo, and they were out there riding. So there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff that, you know, a lot of trails down there that a lot of people don't know about. So we're, we're excited about I'm, I'm excited 2nd. to see some more trails. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I might so, even do the rock roller. 
You can't. You don't hold me to that, but I might. Well, well, you, you know, you I know. Saw the video. Yeah. Oh, that's right. With with Spencer, <laughs> right? Yeah. In trouble. Yeah. That, so so saw video. <laughs> that that was the rock loader start, right? We came down, and then where we had to hike a bike up. So that was that that trail's been opened up to the bottom, and then they've been working on Donkey Trail, and then um, the stage one for pros and experts. Uh, you guys haven't done it yet, so we'll show you guys to the top, and we'll do that. And then, um, you know, we just wanted people just to kind of give them like the the preview of what the trails are going to be like for the race. Mm -hmm. I might have to race expert again. I raced expert for a year just so I get access to the good trails, even though I came in last in every race. Yeah, because. Those trails are great. I like the I like the, the technical part of it, so I'm interested to see that. We're cracking open some Alvarado Street Brewing Company. This is the halftime treat with Valencia Origins. Thomas, you, you ready? I'm ready. Give me some of that All orange. Right, I'm going <laughs> to pour you some right here. Some of that orange crush. Nice. So, you know, the, the cool thing is that, and I was down there for the, uh, it's another beer fest, and the uh, the the, beer, the brewery scene, the craft brewery scene is, is blowing up down there. There, uh, there was about 140 uh, craft brewers at, at the beer fest, mm. and uh, most of them from Mexico. There were some from from California, Belgian Beaver, um, um, Stone Brewing Company. But it's like these guys have got it going on, you know. And so people are like, oh well, they're used to like Tecate or Bodelo or Pacifico or Dos Equis. These guys are stepping it up, you know. Yeah. And so when you guys have traveled like all over the world, um, you know. What what has been like the best experience? What has been the worst experience for you guys? Traveling, racing, food wise, like. How about best experience, Amy? What kind of best experience? Best experiences, do, you have? do it. Hmm, I just think going to all these different areas and riding all these rad trails is kind of the best part of it. Um, I really can't pinpoint like which area I like the most because there's like I mean there's the trail itself and like what's on the trail and how technical it is and everything and then there's the area around it. Mm -hmm. um, so, oh gosh, I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say New Zealand. I mean, because yeah. more of the rain. I, I, I got it. I want to go there. I want to <laughs> yeah. go. There. It's it's pretty awesome. We've only been to the South Island. I keep saying we have to go back and see North Island. But, yeah, it's it, New Zealand's pretty awesome. We honeymooned in New Zealand. It's a special place in our heart. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So in New Zealand, there's this place called um, Alexandria. What was the name of that? Mm -hmm. Alexandria, the New, private Z area? New Zealand. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a private mm -hmm. pay-to-ride area. Hmm. They actually have a race on. And now in New Zealand, it was interesting because it was a, was it a five-day enduro? I feel like it was five days. Yes. It was a five-day enduro. Every day is blind. Wow. Mm -hmm. So purposely blind. Maybe the locals would know, but mm -hmm. they, it wasn't marked or anything. So mm. it's true blind enduro racing. And one of the things about enduro in Europe is they like to do it blind mm -hmm. because enduro is supposed to be just a day riding. You go out, you ride with your friends. This is what you normally do. Mm -hmm. And and so that's, that's why it's supposed to be all these different disciplines together. Mm -hmm. So we go up and uh, and we go to Alexandria. And we had been riding a fair amount in New Zealand. We did a place um, that had a, a, almost a 500-foot drop, and we're on the side of a mountain on a scree field. We did some pretty sketchy stuff. We did That's a little sketch. <laughs> we did stream crossings that were five or or that were at least 10 and 10 to 15 feet long with three feet of water in them. Like one day we were just soaked all day because we're going through streams. There's a oh, lot of water man. in New Zealand. Yeah. So we go to this area. Trench foot. Yes. <laughs> it's dry. It looks like the expert course in Fontana everywhere, like big, huge rocks. Oh, wow. And they say, we know you're doing this blind. There are drops everywhere. You can really hurt yourself here. And I'm like, why are we racing? And they go, there's little pink dots. If you follow the pink dots, it's a roller. 
And so literally we'll be up on a rock face doing this race and like all over the rock face, just following the pink dots yeah. at a race pace fever. <laughs> Follow the pink dots to live. If you want to live. As, and you <laughs> can you see there's like a four foot drop over here. There's like a, a, a rock jumble that you would never get out of over there. Oh, as geez. long as you followed this. And, and so that was, that was on the, the more exciting days. Cause mm-hmm. it's just, it's like Moab. You're following the dots or Sedona where you follow the dots, mm-hmm. except for it was blind at a race speed. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting uh, that day. That was the fourth day and we're all tired mm-hmm. anyway. However, that also is one of the lower points uh, that I've had at least is we stayed in a hostel mm-hmm. um, in, in New Zealand and um, we're exhausted. We're just doing the, we did the BC bike race as well. Mm-hmm. And we were camping. And when you, and that was a seven day event. And when you do a long five or seven days event, at the end of the race, all you can think is how can I prepare myself for the next day? Mm-hmm. So really that's all it's about. You're all about recovery. We have recovery tights, uh, your nutrition, your water, get your stuff laid out for the next day, get your stuff dry or, or, or whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. So it's really, as soon as you finish, you're, immediately into planning for the next day and it's 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 such a a difficult thing to 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 get into that that we weren't paying a lot of attention to our accommodations and we're both sleeping together in 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 a bed and um we ended up with um horrible bed bugs oh yeah that was not good so so we we actually had bed bugs from the stay and it was i'm itching i got (laughs) my head is itching yeah i'm like okay it's starting again (laughs) that's bed bugs so so that was kind of a high and low point together exactly Um, you know when we were in madeira uh, Madeira's in Portugal. If mm-hmm. people don't know where Madeira is, it's off the coast of Morocco, although they call it Portugal. It's mm-hmm. an island. Imagine the beauty of Hawaii with a Mediterranean climate without mm-hmm. the humidity. Um, that's pretty much Madeira. Although mm-hmm. it does always rain on the inside every day and it's sunny yeah. on the outside so it's every these day. weird microclimates where it's like nice and sunny at the beach and then the further you drive up in the mountains, it gets all cloudy and then it starts raining. <laughs> mm. So, um, so w- when we were in Madeira, um, Amy was of course pre-riding. It's a two-day race and two mm-hmm. days of pre-riding. So there's a whole bunch of stuff and I'm over there as race support, another word for awesome vacation. And <laughs> so I'm over there as race support and I got to... I had a rental car, and uh, an interesting story about the rental car is I got the rental car, and I'm, they're like, do you need insurance? I'm like, I don't need insurance. Heck, I'm fine. I know how to drive. And I go to our hotel, and I start looking at the other cars, and all the cars have scrapes up and down the sides of them. And then when we start riding the streets, the streets are so narrow <laughs> that I actually went back the next day to the rental car place, and it's like, I'd like to get insurance. <laughs> They took about 45 minutes. They pulled the car apart, assuming I somehow destroyed it, which mm-hmm. I hadn't. And then finally they said, yes, we'll sell you insurance. <laughs> and, like, and, hmm, trust but verify. Yeah. Exactly. And so the car had GPS in it, and it took me the most incredibly random ways through Madeira. I was on uh, loose gravel hills. It's very steep over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the island is very steep. I don't know how high it goes up. How far up does it go? All the way up. Yeah. Like six, seven thousand <laughs> feet, maybe eight thousand feet. It was yeah. pretty high. Yeah. I actually don't think the elevation was that high. I think it might have been maybe around like four or five. I don't know. Yeah. But but it was very steep. Mm-hmm. And uh and, and and so I got to drive around and there are places where you they now have built tunnels through the center of the of the country where you can drive and 
and never see the outside because you're always in, in a tunnel. So you mm-hmm. can drive from one side of the island to the other and be in tunnels and turnabouts so you never stop. I, I wonder uh, that's how Elon Musk got the idea of Hyperloop. <laughs> <laughs> Hyperloop's kind of cool. Yeah. And they're, they're open, they're, is they're open in Vegas yet? It, well, I don't know. It's outside of Vegas. They're supposed to have one open. I, you can I, try. It's like. It's like a quarter mile or something. Well, I, I know he was working on like three miles or something. That, you know, they're, they're, they're almost, they were showing stuff and stuff uh, on TV mm-hmm. where it was like almost done. So nice. uh, they might work in we, L.A. We can have it pull behind us on the bike. It'd be perfect. <laughs> um, underneath, the, uh, underneath the city? Oh, that'd be kind of cool. I like the Hyperloop <laughs> idea. <laughs> but but in, 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 in Madeira, um, I decided to take the other streets and I'm driving in through waterfalls and driving on roads that are n- not, they're horrible looking. Yeah. And, and I've got this rental car and I'm so glad I had the insurance. We drove to, to one of their uh, major cities to see the art everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually did a ride along the aqueducts. They had like Roman style aqueducts. That oh, wow. Water mm-hmm. from, from the mountains to the, to the ocean. And, and they're still functional. Mm-hmm. They are still functional. There's still wow. water running mm-hmm. in them and, and they still use them. Are they called Lavada? Lavada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the part, Lombada, isn't that a dance? <laughs> Lombada. It's the forbidden dance. <laughs> um, it, it, as part of Amy's race course, they raced yeah. on the mm-hmm. Well, that was one of our transfers. We were we were riding yeah. along um, these, like, little channels. There's kind of, like, an elevated, like, cement area. And then there's, like, next to the hill, there's kind of like a little trough. And then all the water goes through hmm. the troughs. Up in the mountains, there's still snow yeah. or stone. Further down, they become concrete. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's a trip. Mm-hmm. So much history out there. Yeah. Beautiful too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what bikes are you guys on right now? I know Amy's on a Live, but what mm-hmm. what uh, what model? Mm-hmm. I have um, a Live Hail Advance, and that's what um, Advance Zero. That's the one I do the um, Enduros and the crazy stuff on. Um, I actually just got a Live Peak Advance Zero um, earlier this year, and I've been doing a lot of cross country riding on that. And it's a pretty awesome cross country bike. Twenty, they're they're both twenty seven five. Yes, both okay. twenty seven five. Um, the uh, hail is um, six inches of travel front and rear, and then the um, peak has um, one hundred and thirty in the front, one hundred and twenty millimeters in the back. So the the peak would be like more like a like an all mountain, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really like a. I mean, it's it's a good pedal. It's a better pedaling bike than the hail, but mm-hmm. you know, it'd be cool to have a like a, a good cross country bike as well for for some good training. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And I'm, uh, I guess, I guess I'll do my new bike reveal here on the podcast. New bike day, new bike day. Whoa. New bike day, best day. Um, it was in the stand <laughs> yesterday. The path is building it up for me. I actually went and checked on it uh, after work yesterday to make sure uh, what was going on with it. And um, I am doing a, a custom build on a Santa Cruz high tower. You know, I, I saw the, I saw the, uh, what are they called, the jockey pulleys mm-hmm. all blinged out gold. Oh, aren't I'm they like, blink- Dude, I, I spun them around. I'm like, dude. I need this. They're ceramic. Yeah, and and they That's have baller, ex- they have expanded tooth, so it doesn't have as much turn. <laughs> I I it's it's going to be. I, I'm really currently into basically riding three to four hours. That's really what I'm trying to do. So so endurance level riding anywhere mm-hmm. between three to six hours. I call a good day. How far I get, how long I go, none of that matters as long as I'm in the saddle having fun for hours at a time. So, awesome. so that's what the bike is built for, and it is bling, 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 um, and uh, it is uh, orange, okay, gold, and red. Okay. So that's if you can imagine that. It, it sounds, sounds like a fruit cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, a little splash of green in there, man. <laughs> I, 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 
Maybe we can find it down in, in Ensenada. Maybe we can find some fruit cocktail that looks like that. Uh, that'll, that'll be super nice. A little brunch. Yeah, Sunday there brunch. you go. There you go. Some mimosas or something. Brunch it out. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a high tower. So that would be one, uh, one thirty. You know, one forty up front. Uh, one third in the rear. 140, 130 is, yeah, is, okay. is the numbers on that. Cool. And then are you running, uh, what are you, what kind of suspension are you running? You're just keeping it stock? So. I'm going to keep it stock now. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big, huge fan of DVO, so mm-hmm. I will probably upgrade it to DVO along the way. I think it comes with Fox to start with, and I yes. figured I'd start with what it comes with, mm-hmm. um, see how I like it. If I need it to be a little more plush, I, I, I'm a little bigger rider, and I tend to make poor line choices. I am the king of poor line choices. I, thus I'm, I break I'm my right lights. with you. I'm right with you on that, man. Because <laughs> if I see, okay, if you can go around the rock or you can go over the rock and do something fun, shouldn't you go over the rock? It just depends on what's on the other side. <laughs> That's true. We'll find out when you're in the air, so there's no problem. There's something on the other side. Yeah, there is something. I remember uh, you, you were racing Fontana Super D years back. And I was I was in the perfect spot to to capture this uh, sequence of uh, tumbling and <laughs> rolling and crashing and you got up and you finished the stage. Poor choices, but I always finished the stage. <laughs> and did you end up getting a concussion that that uh, that day? I don't know if you remember or not, but I, I can truly say I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> I, was, I mean that was a good sequence of shots. I knew it was like click click click. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the one I did take a concussion that day. I actually threw that helmet out after that. I um, Actually, Amy had already finished her race because she was racing in the pro, mm-hmm. and so she was coming up to take pictures of me, and as I'm riding down during the race, I ride over to her, and I was like, hey, what's up? I hit my head. And she's like... <laughs> No, you, you, that's not what happened. You were asking me um, if um, your lip was cut or something because you were tasting blood or something. You literally like got right up in my camera like, where am I bleeding from? Did I lose a tooth? <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> so I thought I was going to have to get a grill apparently. I don't oh. remember that part. So, oh, but, but I do know I finished the race. Did I not finish the race? Yes, you did. Of course I did. I told you I'm like, you, you're, you're kind of in the middle of a race run. You should probably go finish your race run. <laughs> He's not going to remember anyway. What the hell? Just do it. <laughs> Don't think, commit. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, I, man. Writing's a lot of fun. I have made some poor choices. However, um, uh, really the, the fun part of writing, and that's why I really got into less about the time and more about the, what do you call it? Just ride your, what would you, what were the oh, initials? Just riding along, JRA. Mm-hmm. JRA. That's mm-hmm. what I'm all about. <laughs> just riding along. Yeah. Just having a good time. If it's fast or if it's slow. Uh, one thing I can tell you is I, I, I will get from point A to point B and have more fun than you. And, yeah. And I might not get there faster than you, but I'm going to have a heck of a good time. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, right? Mm-hmm. And or a lot, a lot like of this racing we've been able to do and, and uh, really about, you know, spending time together, being active. It's really been about the journey. Mm-hmm. And it's just been, if you can enjoy the journey, this is life advice. If you can enjoy the journey life is just so much better absolutely especially when you're when you're enjoying it with somebody mm-hmm. right i mean sometimes it's cool to, to do stuff on your own but if you're going to do it with somebody that has the same goals and you know it's going to push you and, and encourage you along the way like why not mm-hmm. right yeah exactly. and when we, we got married neither one of us were bike riders okay mm-hmm. and and now it's it's a big part of our life mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so uh what's what's next on your guys' schedule what are you guys racing next 
Well, as I just said, I'm just riding along. I'm just <laughs> riding along. Um, I, I'm loving the Cleveland National Forest. Really spent a lot of time up there, and those are our local mountains here in Orange County, and we ignore them. We drive by them, and we look at them, but we don't get up there because it's such a commitment to get up there. It it's is. so much easier to do a, a regional park and mm-hmm. not go into a national forest. Well, it's, it's kind of a commitment because it's, it's more of a, a backcountry um, experience because you're far away from help. Um, you pretty much have to bring everything in there just in case something happens. You kind of have to think, okay, like I need tubes. I need maybe derailleur cables Food. Who, yeah. who even knows satellite phone. yeah a lot of yeah. times it's like with water i mean mm-hmm. you pretty much have to bring in all the water you're gonna like consume on that ride mm-hmm. because there's no place to really get water out right. there yeah yeah lou my bikes have become pretty ridiculous because uh, i i have decided they're like little pack mules they are because <laughs> yeah. i have decided with the with the with the bc bike race where i had so much support every every 10 miles there's a support so you would have two or three support stations right. per every uh, race and yeah. for seven days. So I got used to riding without a pack. Mm-hmm. It's the freedom of riding without our pack is wonderful, except for it limits your rides to an hour, basically. Yeah. Um, so I have come up with all this bike packing stuff, which one of the things that I want to get into a little more this year is bike packing. And, oh, okay. And, and, my, and my, okay. my old bike, which I love my old bike, even the Rocky. Even though I've broken the Rocky four times, I <laughs> love the Rocky. I, I, I broke I broke the root triangle. Of, I had a Rocky. I had a alto, uh, was it no? It was an Instinct, mm-hmm. the seven seventy Instinct, and I, I broke the root triangle on that bike and mm-hmm. uh, got replaced. And I'm like, you know what? Time to sell the thing. <laughs> and that's that's why Big Lou is so smart. But uh, <laughs> but I kept on to it and kept fixing it and fixing it and fixing it. So I'm going to turn that into my bike packing bike. Mm-hmm. Okay. And. Um, uh, at one point, I wanted to do the Stagecoach 400. It's still kind of on the list, um, but um, I'm turning that into the bikepacking bike, so I want to get in more into bikepacking and kind of just do I an like overnight that. trip and just okay. kind of just ride along with all your stuff Yeah, and really have a good time. Well, check this out. So um, this is my last year as a racing manager for the Path Bike Shop. You know, um, and we're sorry to see you go. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm still going to be around, right. but uh, um, I'm, I'm focusing more on, on being an events promoter, right? So I got the Internet of Bike Fest, May 20, uh, 24th to 26th, 2019. And then I'm working on this cool deal at the K1 Speed Centers. Uh, it's called OC Bike Eliminator. Got the idea from uh, a, a, peop- uh, a company that does it in Europe. They do it at an you know, indoor go-kart track. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, dude, why don't we do it here? So we did like a little run-through deal, like just, uh, you know, 15 people came out and uh, road bikes, mountain bikes. Dave Hardwick brought out his uh, BMX bike, and uh, he did really well on the short track and on the long, on the big track, not so well. But uh, you know, he, you know, everybody was stoked on like what's going on. I'm like, let's let's try to get a, a series together. So I'm working on that, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, people have been asking me about putting on gravel grinders in Baja, and also a bike packing deal in Baja. Oh, that's and, great. And uh, the bike packing thing would be like. You, you you would bring all your stuff that you need for camping, and we would supply the the support and the food mm-hmm. at each like stop. You know what I mean? And, and you and also obviously like a sweep like behind. Yeah, you there's know, been every, a couple of deals like that in Colorado that we know about, so that would be mm-hmm. a really wonderful thing. Yeah, for, and, and for us uh, local. Yeah, you know, and and uh, so that's that's what I'm kind of thinking about doing in the future. But I'm focusing on it's another bike fest, and then the OC bike eliminator deal. And the cool thing is that there's a lot of K1, K1 speed centers all over. So eventually, I want to I want to turn into like a 
OC League versus LA versus IE League, right? And then come come together and do a big race, and then eventually turn it into a, a NorCal SoCal deal, and then expand from there. Now, um, there's there's multiple because um, I'm interested in this. We were in Alabama on a yeah. riding trip, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing, by the way. Please go to Alabama. They actually have really rad trails there. Really? Yeah. Coldwater Springs, Oak Mountain. Mm-hmm. We did Thunder and Lightning. There's a big drop. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of rocks. There's 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 Gaza, which is um, that was at Coldwater Mountain. Imagine yeah. Jagged Axe in New Mexico, which is a huge rock field. Not super steep, but you got to keep working the whole time. Imagine that for like a mile, mile mm-hmm. and a half, mile, oh. 1.3 miles. Oh, boy. Really good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. you, you raced up at China Peak, kind of like China Peak's uh, expert course. Okay. Um, no, what was that? No, it was an expert. It was stage three. The, the the big feature at China China Peak with all the rocks. Yeah. Imagine that for 1.3 miles. That's a lot of work. Yeah. So, yes. but it wasn't as steep as that. <laughs> but uh, but but good stuff over there. But uh, we missed it because of that. So I'm interested to to know, Lou. So there's there's multiple tracks. There's there's a short track and a long track in the same race. Well, see here. So we we started using the so that they you know track two is a smaller track, you know, and this is uh, the first time they've ever like played with the idea of like bikes on the go kart track. Mm-hmm. Plenty of traction. Uh, so um, shout out to all the guys that came out and, and you know there's a lot of roadies out there you know with their nice road bikes. A couple guys t- took some spills. One well the one guy he just leaned it too much and lost lost traction right. And the other guy he he you know he when he leaned, leaned to the corner you know his pedal was not where it was supposed to be and he like Oops. just hit a pedal and like slid out and you know scraped his leg up. Mm-hmm. But I think the the you know. I'm not going to limit it to, like, road bikes, mountain bikes. It's run what you brung. You know what I mean? Can I bring two bikes? <laughs> I mean. BMX for the short track and well, road so, bikes so, for the long okay. track. So here's the deal. So we, we started on track two just to figure out what we're going to do, right? So we did, the, uh, we did, like, a mock race, right? We did a, a heat race, top two advanced, third guy went to the last chance qualifier. And then, and then management was cool enough to be like, you know what? Why don't you guys use the big track, which is track one? Right, and, and K1 Speed and Irvine. So I'm like, you sure? So we, we finished our deal there, and then we jumped over to track one. And track one, I think you're going to need like a, you can maybe like a PK Ripper, like a 24-inch, 26-inch bike, mm-hmm. and have fun, you know, and put your leg out, maybe maybe run some flats. And everybody had fun, you know, and we, we just got to figure out like how many laps we're going to be doing, um, and we're not going to limit it to, to whatever bike. You know, we want to keep it fun. Mm-hmm. And and make it a spectator sport. So I think if if you just everybody brings whatever they want, except for an e bike, we might eventually have an e bike class. But right now it's it's all about human power. Mm-hmm. That must be the racer in me. I'm always looking for the competitive advantage still. <laughs> and you know it's it might be a mountain bike. I don't know. It just it just you know with some slicks or something. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of there's a lot of traction on the track. You know these mm-hmm. these carts running around like 40 miles an hour. You know so there's a lot of grip out there. But, you know, it was a pretty cool event, um, you know, so I'm hoping that, you know, I, I give, submitted a proposal to the, to the management, so hopefully they'll, they'll review it and, and give, me a, give me a shot and, 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 you know, making this a, a, a cool, you know, type of a series. It's something different, you know. It's, I'm not stepping on any of the other promoter's toes. My, my event in Baja is in, I was in Mexico, and, and this thing is an indoor, you know, go-kart track, so it's not really going to step on people's toes and piss people off. So I'm cool. excited about it. That sounds I like think fun. it'll be fun. I think <laughs> I'll definitely watch. 
I'm not sure if I want to get in there, but it would be fun Ma- to watch. Megan had a good time. You <laughs> know, she? Yeah, she had a good time. She's, awesome. She was, uh, you know, like flat-footing it out there and, you know, kind of like, mm-hmm. like a track style of a, of a, of a deal. But she had fun. You nice. know, everybody wanted to have a good time. Was, and, she, and was she foot out, flat out? Yes. Yeah. Yes, on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, favorite way. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, basically it was just getting people's input and, and feedback on, like, you know, what do you guys think and, you know, what would you guys change? So, you know, we're, we're going to take, take all their comments, you know, consideration and, and figure out what will be the best format and, uh, and you know, hopefully have a, have a, a, a date soon, you know, and, and have some fun. Awesome. Do really some racing. Cool. Yeah. Like that. yeah. So, uh, Thomas, what do you think about the uh, halftime treat from Alvarado Street Brewing? This is what I'm drinking now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's not, uh, it's not super orangey. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you can, you can taste it towards the end. Yeah. I think. It's got a nice, okay orange finish. It's kind of, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's not super hoppy. It's kind of not got a nice, um, initial flora to it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Okay. It's not for everybody, but, uh, you know, um, like Uncle that hazy IPA. You got me hooked on hazy IPAs. It's <laughs> your own <laughs> fault. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle B is all about the hoppier, the better, you know, hop forward stuff. And I just, I don't like that, that hoppiness, you know, if it's too hoppy is like, I just, it just kills like my, my taste buds, man, to, to really, really savor the beer. Well, the mm-hmm. thing about the hop is the hop is one of the flavors that you want. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's beer for mm-hmm. goodness sakes. However, if it's, if it's, overly hoppy if it's the if the ibus are like 110 mm-hmm. i mean 99 or something that's way too much because all you get is that one note right and the sure. thing that i like about beer is how creative people can be they can put um spices with it they i had a cinnamon vanilla one the other day that was really good it was hoppy mm-hmm. but it had all the cinnamon and vanilla on the, on the back end um, but they can put chilies in it uh, amy's really big into habanero she loves the habanero hot stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a little heat in my beer. <laughs> Sculpin, of course, makes one of one of those habaneros. But uh, mm-hmm. but 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 some of the smaller companies they really do some crazy good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sismontane makes one of my favorite beers ever, which I'll never get again. And it's the Christmas beer. It's the Dead Santa. And it's it's was it a, a double. A double or a triple saison, um, really, mm-hmm. and and it and they make it every year, but it always tastes totally different because it's it's a small brewery. It's a yeah, it's a seasonal deal. And mm-hmm. and uh, and and that dead Santa, I took a growler home, a full growler, and I had the best Christmas Eve one year, <laughs> and, and and I loved it so much. I, I what, what movie did I make you watch? Do you remember the name of the movie I made you watch? <laughs> Reindeer Games. I made her watch Reindeer Games. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling you what, now if, if, uh, if, um, if, um, watch the Bruce, Bruce Willis movie that they play every Christmas. Die Hard? If, I, if Die Hard can be a Christmas movie. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Can it? It is. It's every year. It's a Christmas, Die Hard 1, 2, 3. It's no, the no, Christmas movie. It's during Christmas. No, so if, if that's a Christmas movie, <laughs> Reindeer Games must be. <laughs> At our home, it, the family tradition is watching A Christmas Story. Awesome. We've been watching it for decades. You, you, you're gonna poke your eye out. Yeah. <laughs> you shoot your it's, eye out. We, man. It's we have to watch it. We have we 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 have to watch. Doesn't matter what. Do you time have it. a lamp yet? They sell the lamps now. No, not yet. 
I don't think my mom would approve. Not, not from my dad. <laughs> She'd be like, "Get that out of here, man! What are you talking about?" <laughs> you know what's funny is like I've I've given my dad some like some of the craft beers, and he just doesn't like them. He likes his Coors. He, he that's what he likes. We went up to Golden, Colorado, mm-hmm. which is where Yeti. Yeti's from, right? Mm-hmm. So we went up and we were interested in, we were, at the time we were both riding Yetis. We mm-hmm. had done the Yeti Fest. And we're like, okay, we're going to go up to, to Golden, Colorado. And one of the highlights of Golden, Colorado was the Coors Brewing uh, Factory. The tour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The tour, the, the big, huge vat of here's the spring water that we use. Mm-hmm. That's kind of legitimate. Mm-hmm. Like I, I got to say, and I mean, th- that beer, they used to actually fly to Washington, D.C. because it was the beer of the president's that they would want to have that beer. Really? Yeah, so there's a lot of history with that beer, hmm. that, that they would actually fly it, you know, when it was a regional beer, not available across the whole U.S., they would mm-hmm. fly it to Washington, D.C. because mm-hmm. the presidents like it. Mm-hmm. So, wow. so uh, but uh, when it comes to Coors, it's Coors Banquet, mm-hmm. or it's not very good. Mm. Coors <laughs> Banquet is okay. That's what my yeah. dad, and right now, right now it, like, what's in is that the little original glass bottles. So, mm. so your dad's into craft beer. He just, he's just, he's 50 years <laughs> Before you, right. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I've 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 given him a couple of good ones, and he's like, "Nah, give me my quarters." I'm like, "Okay, Dad." That's once, fine. once you pour it in the little 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 small little mini, <laughs> and he'll love it. <laughs> he'll, taste, he'll be like, "Get that out of here!" <laughs> so, Amy, how can we get more women stoked on on bikes? How can we get more women engaged in, in mountain biking and, and cycling in general? Um, I think it's providing more opportunities for them to do things in. A women-specific environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that not. I mean, it's not for everyone, but I think um, definitely when I mean when I went on my first like um, ride with a bunch of women is actually with Wendy and a bunch of the girls from LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're they're all like laughing on the side of the trail. They're all like taking pictures like with their like legs like all showgirl like across <laughs> each other, and I'm like standing there going, "What in the world is going on? What are you guys smoking?" <laughs> I've only ever ridden with guys. I've not ridden with girls before. Yeah. But it was that environment that was just like, yeah, we're just going to make mountain biking fun. And it's all about, like, the experience and, like, hanging out with other girls. I Mm -hmm. think that um, providing more of those experiences to women, I think, is important in trying to get more women out. You getting a little buzzard, Thomas? (laughs) What are you doing over there? The the whiskey's fighting back. Oh, Oh dear. <laughs> That's why you're not drinking because you're driving. So <laughs> okay. We are not getting a ticket out of here. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. So are, are you involved in clinics? You guys have a clinic coming up, right? For for live. Um, we we actually um one of our um our um live ambassador um obligations during the year is um putting on four seasonal rides. Um, is the winter warm up. And then we had the spring revival, and now we're doing summer vibes ride. And then in fall, we'll do another one that has some cool little fall name. Okay. But um, so that's what um, we do for these rides a year, in addition to a couple of other events that we do. And um, it's just another getting the girls out to ride Mm -hmm. and just having fun. So what, what kind of routes have you done in your first two? You had some pretty interesting routes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, our first um, ride, I'm probably going to do something similar for um, the summer ride. Um, we um, rode through um, Arroyo Tribuco and um, part of Tejeres Creek. 
And um, that um, the ride we we ended up having like I think um, fourteen miles with only like a thousand feet of climbing. That's nice. <laughs> we did. I'm mad like, at that. More, I'll, more do, than, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> more than half the route had shade on it. Mm. You're going through stream crossings and everything, and I think that's probably what we'll do something similar okay. for our summer ride, just because I mean it's going to be hot and having the girls riding through streams and everything is going to be mm-hmm. really fun. Yeah. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. And then I, they did the luge for the second ride from the oh. shop, so you mm-hmm. had to climb all the hills to get over to the oh, luge. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, we went up through O'Neill, climbed up um, Live Oak. Really? Rode past Vista out the back of the park, and yeah. that takes you out toward um, El Toro Road. Yeah. Um, and then there's... Um, so, you, so you come down the dirt road to, and you hit El Toro, and then you go from mm-hmm. there, right? Okay, mm-hmm. to Cook's yeah, Corner, past Cook's Corner? Yeah, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. climb up the luge. <sighs> That's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll do it one of these days. Yeah. But you know, you know what what's lacking is, uh, you know, there's a good movement here in SoCal, but it's lacking in Baja. Mm. There isn't that many women in racing enduro uh. down there. You know, because enduro is so new. There's more cross country uh, ladies r- racing that, but because eventually maybe uh, you know other brands that are in Mexico would be involved in in doing something like that down there. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I think that'll They'll, they'll reap the benefits, uh, you know, in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we'll see. Now, I'm hoping that um, maybe for the bike fest and some of the other races they do, if they see more girls out riding this particular genre, mm-hmm. enduro, that hopefully it will kind of encourage them that, oh, I thought only guys did that, and girls do this too. I think I'll try it. Mm-hmm. It, so. it might be worth getting, uh, so Amy has some coaching experience to get her on like a, like a two or three hour clinic for the the local girls down there as part of the bike fest. Just it's not so, a bad idea. So the guys can come out and go race, and the girls that happen to not be racing can kind of take a beginner bike clinic. I think Amy would probably be very interested in something like that and yeah. her mission of getting girls riding. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. that would be really fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. And also, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, I, I'm 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 putting a creating a new class. It's called the Baja Steelman class. Mm. You have to bring a steel mountain bike. Doesn't matter if it's new or old. Full suspension or hardtail, but it's got to be raced in enduro, cross country, dual slam, and pump track with four different other riders. Could be could be a mix, men or women, or all men, all women, whatever. But you have to race one bike, four four uh, um, four trails or four tracks, and then uh, uh, four riders. It doesn't have to be steel, or it does. Yes, have to be it has steel. to be steel. That's Why don't you the, just open it up to anything, anyone no, that can ride. I I think it's got. Uh, because so um, off-road racing was created in Baja, and back in the day, they pretty much cr- welded and fabricated whatever they could to make a race car. So I think that's what it kind of embodies Baja is like a steel, a steel bike. And you know, a lot of people like would prefer racing a carbon fiber bike or even an aluminum bike, but steel is like that's not even really an option for people. They they rather just like. Well, I got plenty of time to go down to the path and order my Moots bike through them. <laughs> I get a custom built. I'll be good to go. You just got to find. I may be th- the only guy in the category, so that's top step of the podium. You, you just got, but you got to find three of the buddies to race with you. Oh. So, so hey, you, Lou, you, hey Lou, what are you doing? I'm, I'm probably gonna be busy running the event. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> I, I, th- I think it'll be cool. It, 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 you know, it'll be a cool class. I, I, I know, you know, with with that class, I'm, I'm hoping to bring some like some of the old school racers in. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Tinker will want to come down and race cross, cross country mm-hmm. and team up with somebody else that would be, be you know better suited for enduro. And it's it's gonna be a matter I'll, of like I'll be on Tinker's team, right? 
Nice. He's figuring out like what would be the the right bike, like the setup of the bike that you can do enduro, cross country, dual slalom, and pump track. Mm. I think it's gonna be challenging. I I think uh, um, there'll be some people up to the challenge, and maybe some other uh, manufacturer will come on board and be like, you know what, we want to be a part of that. Something fun and interesting and, and different. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else is really doing that? You know. No. Nobody else. Maybe because it's, it's a dumb idea. I don't know. <laughs> but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna like we're gonna a, do it. It sounds like an awesome idea. It sounds very creative. Right. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I, I really appreciate the Podiatry Hotline uh, coming on board and, and helping us with the uh, internet of the bikers. And hopefully, uh, I've been talking to a lot of brands. A lot of people uh, are interested in the event. So we'll see what what comes up um, um, in the next you know couple months or so. I mean, we have a year to to make this happen. My and, my office staffs are really excited as you came down to the office and kind of hung out with us a little bit. They're yeah. like, hey, when do we go get, get to go down to Ensenada? Where's this cool <laughs> festival? They're like, hey, he promised beer and wine. What's this all about? So, you know, so they're actually really excited. <laughs> so so the fact that you could get a, a group of, of young women so excited about it means <laughs> that uh, there's some exciting stuff going on yeah, down you, there. And uh, I, I spoke to Chuvi. Uh, we, 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 we chat you know, on a weekly basis. And uh, he he's got um, he's got a good um, like some of the bigger uh, breweries in Ensenada on board, and he's gonna bring some from from TJ, and he's gonna bring some from Mexicali. So it's not just gonna be just beers from Ensenada. We're gonna have some beers from TJ and from Mexicali come on for the festival. And, and obviously, like we just gotta figure out what what wineries we want because there's about 200 wineries in the region. Oh, wow. So we we gotta figure out which ones we want to partner with and mm. and uh, what we can not just make it a, a race, but make it a destination. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, obviously, you know, guys and gals are going to race, but what about everybody else hanging out there? And there's a lot of wineries that, that are offering, you know, Airbnb. They're wa- offering tours. They're offering zip lining, you know, um, you know, sauna days, massages, and stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of people want to check out what, what else uh, Baja has to offer, you know. So awesome. we're excited, and, we you know, we appreciate you guys um, being a part of what we got going on down there. Yeah, it's gonna well, be a good time. Yeah, we're, we're excited. Thanks for having us on too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you guys want to play a, a, a song before we leave? You want to play "Witchy Woman"? Is that what Witchy you want? Woman? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Thank you guys for uh, coming on the show and talking story. Thanks, Luke. Great having us. Yeah.
Rachel drove herself to 